Blog Talk Radio. It's time now for the Conqueror's Cafe Show. Your hour of empowerment and inspiration with your host, Twyla Reed, author of Broken Wings. Here we encourage you to spread your broken wings and keep soaring by the power of God as you transform your tragedies into empowering moments. Thank you for joining us today. We are here every Sunday night at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time. We have a very special guest today that's here to share their testimony of hope and healing with us all. So don't move because you are definitely in for a treat today here on the Conqueror's Cafe. Hello, hello, everyone, and happy Sunday. Welcome to the Conqueror's Cafe. I am your host, Twyla Reed, also known as your Tragedy to Strategy Mentor. I'm the author of Broken Wings, which is a true story, a true story of a mother's unwavering love for her son in the aftermath of a horrific car accident, which left him with a severe traumatic brain injury. That mother and son, my friend, is my son and I. This book is about our journey through his recovery. It is our testimony of hope and healing of how we use prayer and perseverance to overcome the hardships, the challenges, and everything in between that we endured during that time. I am also the founder and CEO of Broken Wings Incorporated, which is a 501c3 nonprofit organization designed to provide awareness about traumatic brain injuries to communities while providing support, resources, tips, and brain injury prevention insights. We educate and empower brain injury survivors, caregivers, and their family members by teaching them how to have the life they desire after dealing with the devastation of a brain injury by providing real-time working strategies to ideal well-being. A few other books that I've written include Affirmations for the Mind, Body, and Soul, which is a guide for survivors of traumatic events. You know, oftentimes after surviving a tragedy, life can seem chaotic and very hectic. You may feel like life is over and that you're not going to make it. Those challenges can become so overwhelming, it can push you into isolation. This is the time, my friend, that you cannot give up, and it's the time that you cannot give in. It's the time to understand the power of your words. Because it's through your words where you will find the strength and the will to turn your situation around. I'll also invite you all to please visit my website and and take a a look at my journey goal-setting journal. How many of you know that your goals should be centered around God's vision and plans for your life? If your day-to-day activities are not leading you towards achieving your goals, then the things in your life that you expect to change or be different, they will not change or be different. The true secret to effective goal setting is to simply start. One key difference I've realized when it comes to scripture reading, if you want a more intimate relationship with God during your Bible study time, I also invite you to uh, check out my book. The Words, the Truth, and the Light, Bible Study Notebook. One key difference between reading and studying is writing down what you hear and absorb. So whether you have no Bible experience or if you've studied the Bible for years, this handy Bible Study Notebook provides an excellent intro to personal Bible study. 
All of my books can be ordered from my website, Amazon, or Barnes & Noble. Please visit my website at www.twilareed.com to secure your autographed copy today. And again, remember, if you or someone you know have experienced a tragic event, I invite you to contact me. Let's create the life you desire in spite of the challenges you may be facing so that you can become the strategist of your own destiny. Interested parties can contact me for a free 20-minute consultation at 912-335-3799 or by email at info at Happy Sunday again, guys. Have you been an amazing day today? I tell you what, today is not just a happy Sunday. It's not just a day that we have our amazing guests here on the Conference Cafe. It is also our selfie Sunday. So on the count of three, I want all of our listeners to take out your cell phones and take a selfie and go over to our Facebook page and post it with the hashtag Selfie Sunday. So are you ready, guys? One, two, three. Get to snapping those selfies, and don't forget to go on over to our Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash conference cafe and post those beautiful selfies. Again, welcome to our show. Here on the Conquerors Cafe, we highlight survivors of traumatic events who've made it out victorious, and now they're here, yes, here with us, to share their testimonies of hope and healing with the world, to offer encouragement and inspiration to others as they travel their own personal journey. For today's episode or any of our episodes, please visit our website at www. ConquerorsCafe.com. We also invite you to like, follow, and share our Facebook page at www.facebook.com forward slash Cafe. Now it's time for one of my favorite, favorite portions of our show. It is time for our scripture reading. And today's scripture will be coming from Ephesians chapter 6, verses 16 through 18. And I'm going to be reading from the message. And it reads, Be prepared. You're against far more than you can handle on your own. Take all the help you can get. Every weapon God has issued so that when it's all over but the shouting, you'll still be on your feet. Truth, righteousness, peace, faith, and salvation are more than words. Learn how to apply them. You'll need them throughout your life. God's word is an indispensable weapon. In the same way, prayer is essential in this ongoing warfare. Pray hard and pray long. Pray for your brothers and sisters. Keep your eyes open. Keep keep each other's spirits up so that no one falls behind or drops out. So for a few minutes, I just want to talk about Don't get rid of the shield. Don't get rid of the shield. The shield of faith is part of the armor of God. Paul tells us to put on the full armor of God so that we can take our stand against the devil's schemes. He also says that in addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all of the flaming arrows of the evil one. And back then, the Roman shield uh, was called the scudo. 
this type of shield was a large shield. It was as large as a door, and it would cover the soldiers entirely. Such a shield was not just defensive, but it could also be used to push back the opponent. This was especially helpful to protect against arrows launched from the walls of cities that were attacking. Shields often made of wood and then covered in hide when wet could extinguish flaming arrows. Now, clearly, I want you to get this. Clearly, a shield is extremely important to a soldier. Why? Because it provides a blanket of protection. It's meant to be taken up and never left behind in all circumstances. It is the first barrier against the enemy's attack. So when a shield is removed from something, it is covering and protecting. That item is left uncovered. It becomes vulnerable to all types of harm and and danger. What we see happening in our nation on a grand scale today in homes and in even churches all around the land is that we have removed the one shield of protection that is there for us and many are left vulnerable. God's word. His word is that shield. His word is that shield. We may think that somehow we know more than God or that his word is what it takes to have a strong family unit in leading a church or or in the greater society as a whole. Discouragement will happen, yes. But when I think there is no hope, nothing or that nothing will ever change, I'm so glad that God's grace is sufficient for each of us. His shield is there for our protection. It's called the shield of faith, trusting in him at all times, not sometimes, my friends, but all times, getting to know him more personally than ever before and being about his great work that he has called each of us to do, it is our responsibility. No matter how dark this world becomes, the light of the world has called each of us to shine forth his light that gets brighter and brighter and brighter within each of us as we allow his truth to permeate our innermost being. So as I close this out, I want you to remember, don't remove the shield, my friend. Instead, make it stronger and more efficient and effective than ever before for his glory. Then handle accurately and wisely the sword of the spirit which is the word of God. Amen, amen, amen. A quick shout-out to our sponsors today, Broken Wings Incorporated, a nonprofit organization designed to provide awareness about traumatic brain injury to communities while providing support, resources, tips, and brain injury prevention insights. If you are a survivor of a traumatic brain injury or a caregiver, please visit our website for more information, www.brokenwingsinc.org. Our next sponsor, Sister Sense, for personalized candles and gift baskets for any occasion, please contact Nishari Davenport at 205-514-0866. Shipping is available. Please visit their website at sistersense2.wixsite.com forward slash Sister Sense. Again, contact Nishari Davenport at 205-514-0866 for your custom-made personalized gift baskets and candles. If you have a if if you live in the Birmingham area and you're looking for an organization where your child can be a part of a team where together everyone truly achieves more, 
a place where dance is a part of who they are as they encompass unity like never before. Then the Birmingham Slayers is who you need to connect with. Contact Miss V at 479-899-2618 for more details. And if you have a business or event that you'd like to advertise on our show, please contact me at info at Twilight for more details. Again, thank you all so much for joining us on today. Hasn't it been a very, very peaceful evening? Here in Savannah, Georgia, it's been a beautiful Sunday evening, and you guys could have been anywhere else doing other things, but you've taken the time out to be here with us on tonight. And you will be so glad that you did. We have an amazing show lined up for you all this evening. The author and visionary, along with the co-authors of Born Again Daughters of Zion, are here with us on this evening. This anthology is a collection of transformational stories of revelation, resilience, and recovery. They are here to share their testimonies of trial, tragedy, despair, and how their courage, prayers, and resilience got them through. Hear about their life experiences, their roadblocks and detours, as well as their milestones as they carry out the vision, walking in their calling to be born-again daughters of Zion. So I want you all to relax, grab your cup of tea or your cup of coffee as we prepare to be blessed by these anointed women of God. But first, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll return in a few moments.
That is Todd Delaney with your great name. Welcome back to the Conference Cafe. I am your host, Twyla Reed, and as stated, we have an amazing show lined up for you all on tonight. The visionary author, Laverne Curley, Laverne's nurse consultant, earned a Bachelor of Science in Nursing and a Master of Science in Nursing Informatics. She is an ordained elder and founder of Flame of Fire Ministries, Incorporated. Flame of Fire Ministries is a 501c3 organization that serves women and at-risk youth to help improve their quality of life through workforce training, scholarship, and mentoring. In her spare time, Laverne volunteers with the Female Clergy Support Group of Maryland and serves at her church as evangelism and discipleship leader. Her passion is encouraging and inspiring women and children through her testimony to have an empowered quality of life despite the experience and relentless challenges. A devoted wife and mother of two, she currently resides in Maryland. Co-author Albernice Reed is a minister at the Tabernacle of Prayer Revival Center in Dobbs Ferry, New York. A dedicated woman of God, she is passionate about her ministry and her mission to be used by God as a vessel to reveal the restorative power of Jesus Christ. She believes in empowering others to know that they can overcome any obstacle and setbacks in life. Whenever Nisa is not ministering the gospel, she is enjoying her family. She obtained an associate degree in liberal arts, a certificate of paralegal studies, and will graduate with a Bachelor of Science in Human Resources services in 2019. She is a resident of Garville, New York, and is the mother of one daughter and two grandchildren, Tori and Terrence Newland. Co-author Carla McRae is a native of Charlottesville, Virginia. She's a devoted wife, mother of four, and an inspirational speaker whose desire is to serve God and his people. Compelled through life's process from getting married, becoming a widow, to raising two children as a single mother and finding love and remarrying again, she flourished and gained a true passion for working with women and girls through what she calls the three E's, encouraging, empowering, and equipping. It has become her mission to ensure that women and girls understand their true worth holistically. With daily reflection, she understands that through Christ, all things are possible. It is her prayer that God's spirit continues to lead her footsteps on the path to his fulfilling purpose for her life. Co-author Linda Caldwell Boykin is an entrepreneur in Maryland. She is the proud owner of Salon Spirit LLC, where she operates as the senior cosmetologist since 2010. She has accomplished great success in transforming lives with creative looks for over 20 years. Her profession has served as a catalyst for a great purpose for those who have been broken and shattered by life's darkest moments. She is known for engaging conversations that inspire individuals to propel from the ashes and embrace their God-given greatness. She obtained a bachelor's degree in ministry and is currently studying for her master's degree in ministry at Virginia Bible College in Dumfries, Virginia. But she is in assisting others to navigate through life. She enjoys spending time with her husband. Co-author Michelle Baylor holds an associate's degree in Spanish and a bachelor's degree in Christian education. She's a veteran of the United States Army, having served active duty for eight years in the field of intelligence. In addition to her military service, 
She's worked for the federal government for 26 years from where she retired. She enjoys studying the word of God and looks for every opportunity to talk to others about God's grace. She understands that life experience can put us in bondage that can imprison the mind, body, and spirit. She's a resident of Parkville, Maryland, and in her spare time serves as a nursing home and hospice volunteer. She enjoys traveling, playing golf, attending various recreational and cultural events, and spending time with her children, grandchildren, and other family members and friends. Co-author Tawanda Holmes is the leading lady at Bible Way Missionary Baptist Church in the inner city of Baltimore, Maryland, where her husband, Reverend Eugene B. Holmes, Jr., is the pastor. She accepted salvation at the age of 10 and grew up in low-income housing in Baltimore City. She has served on several ministries within the church and is gifted with administration and teaching. She's the founder and president of the Maryland Covenant of Ministry Wives, Inc., which is a nonprofit, non-denominational 501c3 organization whose mission is to mentor ministers and pastors' wives and provide community service. God gave her this vision of supporting ministers' wives and blessed her with godly sisters to establish this ministry in February of 2014. She has a BS in accounting from Morgan State University, Master of Arts and Teaching Certificate from Tulsa University, and graduated from the Baltimore School of Bible. She and Pastor Holmes were married in 2004, and together they have six children, ages 9 through 32, and seven grandchildren. These born-again daughters of Zion are women who entered a rebirth experience after overcoming adversities in life. They are mothers, their daughters, grandmothers, wives, sisters, friends, and aunts who've accepted their rightful place as daughters of God. They've decided to take authority over the past, over their hurts, their setbacks, their relapses, mistakes, and offenses, which at one time halted their progression in life. And they are here this evening to boldly pronounce and declare and decree total annihilation to the enemy's plan of sabotage death, chaos, and confusion over their lives. So without further ado, please help me welcome the born-again Daughters of Zion. Hello, hello, everyone. How are you guys doing on this Sunday evening? Hello. Good evening. Hello. 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 Hi. Hello. Hi. Hello. Hi. We are elated to have you all here with us on this evening. We are excited to be here with you all tonight as well. Amen. Amen. First, I want to say again, thank you so much for allowing us to uh, share your testimonies of hope and healing. I know that people and our listeners there, they are going to be blessed on this evening. Um, So thank you again for being here. I want to um, start uh, with uh, the author and the visionary of Born Again Daughters of Zion, Laverne. Laverne, how are you this evening? How are you? I am great, and thank you for allowing us to join you. Amen. Well, again, like I stated, thank you so much. So we are here. We're going to talk about 
Born Again Daughters of Zion. And I want to go ahead and, and jump right into uh, the interview. I want you to share with the listeners your vision for Born Again Daughters of, of Zion. I want you to explain how did this vision come about? How was it given to you from God? Sure. I've always had um, a passion for women, and I've always been connected to women who have uh, dealt with feelings of um, inadequacy, who have been wounded, uh, been cast aside because of their past. Uh, These same women were always often encouraging others, smiling and affirming everyone else, but deep down inside, no one knew what was happening within themselves, and you couldn't see that they were just as hurt as the people they were caring for and ministering to. And I found that often there was not a place for women like this to uh, be open and share uh, their experiences. But when you would have a one-to-one conversation with them, they would share and you relate to one another and you could help them to uh, usher into their journey of restoration and wholeness. And I prayed about it and I asked God, what mechanism would you use me for to do this? And um, this started in 2014, and um, last year God made it clear to me uh, the mechanism that will be used, and I prayed and asked him how many women uh, will be used for this uh, great work for him. He told me there would be seven. And I prayed, and he began to reveal to me each woman's name. And so I reached out to these women individually and asked them would they be a part of something that God would have us to do uh, for, the, for the healing of the nation and also to just open up the doors um, of opportunity, of revelation, and then close the doors on those things that we need not to go back into, uh, doors of poor self-esteem and shame and brokenness, those things that were meant to have you self-destruct, those things that keep you bound And I wanted to make sure that we could come together and uh, share our transformational journey and help deliver others and let them know that they're not alone. And um, that's how we came to be. Amen. Now, I know that there are different sections in the book, like different themes in the book, recovery. And uh, let's see, I know you, you have recovery, you have revelation, resilience and transformation. So how did God give you the, um, I guess, uh, the vision for each woman to have uh, of that particular theme in the book? Uh, The vision for uh, those specific things came after I read their stories. Um, I knew their stories, but I had not read their stories. And when you begin to sit down and write, Uh, you open up more. And as I prayed and asked God uh, what was the basic theme, he provided uh, those themes for me, and that's how the stories are categorized under those themes. Amen. Now, I know you said that God had been giving you this and you had been hearing from God in regards to to writing this book uh, as, as I guess, as a mechanism to help heal the nation. Now, when you started hearing from God, uh, was this your starting point or your passion for writing, for getting the message out there, uh, the message that God had given to you, had downloaded into you to give to others? 
it was the um, at first I had no idea he was going to ask me to write anything. Uh, I thought originally he would just have me preach a sermon of some sort. But that wasn't it. <laughs> and um, as I began to meet other women who had similar stories and had come out and were doing great things in their lives and great things for God and great things for others and great things for themselves without any physical evidence of what they had been through. The restoration uh, really was exciting for me to see this take place in their lives. And um, I prayed some more and uh, began to start writing some things down. And as I began writing more and more and more, that's how I understood that God wanted to use each of us to uh, actually uh, help heal others. Amen. Now, your part in the book, you write about recovery, recovery. Mm -hmm. Now, I know Mm -hmm. when people hear the word recovery, um, sometimes that can mean to return to a normal state of health, mind, or strength, but it can also mean a process of regaining possession or control of something that has been lost or stolen. So I want you to share with our listeners, and then we're going to hear from each of the co-authors. Um, I want I want them to share uh, their their vision for what God gave them as they were writing their parts of the book as well. Sure. Um, for for me, the recovery process was a combination of restoration and regaining. I have not had anything uh, taken from me, but I've lost some things that I needed to regain because I gave up a large part of my life freely by choice to participate in activities and uh, engage myself with persons that were totally against what I had, my values and my morals and my upbringing. But through those uh, choices, I found myself in situations in which it was difficult for me to get out. And um, after years of uh, battling with um, these uh, engagements and these uh behaviors that were very, very, very uncommon to what you would see in me. And the reason I say that is because I grew up in a Christian home. Uh, My uh, family uh, served um, as officers in the church, musicians and deacons and trustees. I was on the choir. And so I did all the things that we would do, we've been taught and known to do in church but I didn't have a relationship with God mm-hmm. myself. And so I, because of that lack of having a relationship, uh, the enemy used that as a vehicle to attach me to the wrong types of relationships. Yeah. So that's why I say for me the recovery was a combination of regaining and restoration because as the years went on and time went past, I began to not have the same appearance that I used to have. I didn't walk the way I used to walk. I didn't talk the way I used to talk. I uh, started losing things and a lot of failures and a lot of roadblocks. And every time I tried to get back up again, it was another hit down, you know. And I asked God to restore me at uh, 
age uh, 23 because my process began when I was 14. And I asked God to restore me at 23. And I, when I asked him to restore me, I had no idea those years of restoration would be even as hard as the years of um, uh, being engaged in the things I had no business being engaged in. And um, now I'm at a full turnaround, 360 place of restoration. And uh, for me, that's how the recovery process was. Uh, He provided a way out for me. He provided a way for those doors to remain closed and never be open again. And then I was able to uh, tell another sister, and then she told another sister, and then she told another sister, and now we're about to tell others in our book. Amen. And I can hear, you know, thank you for sharing that, that faith played a very important part uh, when it comes to recovery, when it comes to regaining possession of something. um, It's very important that your faith is not wavered. Would you agree to that? It is. It's very important that it's not wavered, but it's a learning experience. I understand that now, but I really didn't understand that then. Amen, amen. Thank you for sharing that. Now we're going to um, hear from uh, from your co-authors. Um, I want to first bring on um, Abernice and Jackie. Uh, their sections in the book was um, Revelation. And I know for me and maybe even some of our listeners, uh, when you talk about Revelation, uh, revelation is some supernatural disclosure of something relating to human existence. It's a revealing or communicating divine truth or something revealed by God to someone, probably, you know, through the word. So, um, Ebenezer and Pastor Jackie, how are you two ladies doing this evening? I'm well, uh, thank I'm you. Wonderful. I'm wonderful, thank you. Amen. <clears throat> So, um, Evernice, can you tell us uh, and tell our listeners uh, the vision that God gave to you? Uh, can you share your revelation about those things is, that you that were revealed to you as you were sharing your heart in your chapter? Yes, yes. Thank you for the opportunity to share, again, um, this privilege. And you actually started to hit on uh, my story of revela- revelation when you talked about the definition, because I just jotted down some points, and that was the first thing, the divine supernatural disclosure um, of a human of something related to the existence um, of the world. And, And my revelation came through an experience that I had in my marriage. And the theme of revelation to me is gearing towards exposing Exposing those things, not necessarily that happens in your situation, but what you learn about yourself in your situation. We don't realize that, um, many of us don't realize that the investment that God put in us into making us, um, when he blew into our nostrils, that the investment was so great in us. And, And the things that were revealed to me, where I'm worth more than I'm putting up with, that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. And and that might sound cliche, even though it is Bible, but there are things in Revelation that when you go through a situation, you find out 
what is what wounds are being covered, what things need to be uncovered. And when you find out what hurts and what's being uncovered, you have a chance to heal. So revelation is actually a precursor to any healing. The revelation process, whether it be old wounds, things that have happened, things that that have harmed you in life, those things have to be exposed for us to become face-to-face with ourselves. So that in Revelation, it's that pivotal moment that we say, okay, this is a situation. I'm not happy with it. But what in me is being revealed to realize that I don't have to do this anymore? I had to realize my worth. I had to realize that I am worth more than what I'm dealing with. I have to want more. So the revelation process for me was very painful because it wasn't dealing with the other person. It was uncovering me and learning what the Lord had put in me. As much as I ministered to people, as much as I preached the word, there was still the real me that God created that needed to be revealed and to be honest and say, there's more to me than what I'm presenting. So the story of Revelation, um, I had to go through a situation, and I had to sit down for a while. I was a youth pastor for 15 years, and when my experience happened, um, the revelation that took place was, Lord, you called me. But I had to be a vessel to be used that's clean, and I needed to be healed So I had to make a decision and leave because I'm a firm believer in the only blood that people should hear about is that was shed on Calvary by Jesus Christ, not me from my situation bleeding all over the people. So the revelation that I had to deal with was to step back and to heal and to find the truth. And I say to others, sometimes it may look like your setback is going to set you back permanently, but that setback brings you back. So the revelation and the the discovery of those things can be exposed if you're willing to heal and that you can go forth. Your setback is only a setup for your comeback. And that's the story that I want people to understand that you might have a setback, Yes, your it happened. Yes, your situation happened. But through that revelation, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. And you're more than a conqueror. And you may have had this setback, but you can go forward and annihilate the enemy's plan for your life with your mind, with your body, and totally healed and restored as Jesus has made you to be. Amen, girl. You better preach that thing. Amen. <laughs> Say your step back is really I know a step right. Yes, you know, <laughs> when you talk about revelation, it's just God. It's, it, revelation revealed God's word to God's world. And I like mm-hmm. when you said that it's a precursor to any healing. It's a precursor to any healing. And that you got to still push through even though it's painful. Yes. And it was painful. Nobody, nobody, I guarantee you, I never got married 
and thought that the situation would have happened. But I honestly say I may not do everything perfect, but it was revealed to me that as much healing as went forth, I can honestly say, Lord, if this is what I had to go through for your glory to heal other people and to move me and use me as a catalyst to let someone else know that you can make it, I'll take whatever you have. And that was, that revelation was what encouraged me to open up, sit back, and just heal and just let myself be healed through the word. I want to um I wanna I wanna stop here for a minute. I wanna bring um Pastor Jackie in. Pastor Jackie, hello, are you there? I'm here, how are you? Good evening, I am fine. As you're sitting here and you're listening um to um Arbanese talk about revelation and the vision that God gave her. I want to hear from you. I want you to share with our listeners those things that were revealed to you as you share your testimony um, uh, when you were writing as well. So when I think about uh, my writing and what God revealed to me, when I even think about my story and how in my life I grew up in church, I've been in church all my life, but I, I faced one of the biggest struggles in my life that, I thought that I could never come out of. I thought that I could never live again. Um, this struggle caused me at the time to walk away from God and to leave to leave my faith and, and to be angry with God and not to trust him. And even though I, I walked away from him and, and I, I, I did my own thing, I realized that even though I had walked away from the Lord because I was hurt and I was in pain, I realized that God had never left me. And that he was only allowing me to live out what he knew that my calling and my destiny would be. And as I sat down to write my story and think about all of the things that that happened to me when I faced this struggle, I thought about, you know, Lord, I've been in your word, I've been in your will, but I was in the church and I was hurt and I was broken and I felt like that I could never come out of something. So you know how when you're in God and you're, you're, you're ministering to others and you're praying for others, but you yourself is still so broken. And, and, and what I realized through all of my struggle and everything that I went through and what I realized through this, this, this thing that had me, I mean, it had me. I, it, there were days that I wanted to kill myself. There were days that I wanted to mm. just die because I felt like dying was better than living. And even though I knew God and, and I love God and, and, I, and I was saved, but even though all of that, that struggle took me by surprise and, and I felt like I could never come out of it. But the thing that God revealed to me was that he always knew what the plans that he had for me. And, 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 and it's where Jeremiah 29 and 11 is my story, that, that God never wanted to hurt me. And that even in all of that, when I decided, when I went, you know, because God gives us free will. So when I came and I yes. decided, Lord, I'm going to I'm gonna step back into your grace, he started to cover me with his mercy. And through all of that, he had to reveal to me that he still loved me, that he still cared about me, and that even though that I had faced this struggle in my life, that he was going to heal me because I was going to be a witness and I was going to be able to help somebody else to find their healing. 
So, so when I think of revelation, I think of transformation, I think of how God is my life. And, 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 and I'll tell you, I, I was away from him for many, many years because I was angry with God. You know, I was upset with God. I was mad with the world. I was mad with everybody. I was mad with my family. You know, but how God took that and he just completely, completely changed it and showed me, I'm going to heal you. But but what I need to do is I need you to just, if you can't even say a word, just lift your hands and give me praise. If you can't do nothing else, you might not be able to open your mouth, but just lift your hands and give me praise. Because in everything yes. that you do, I need you to give me praise. And through that, I, I watched God as he healed me, as he completely healed me, as he took me through something that I never thought I would come out of. I never thought I could ever live again. I, 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 I was waiting for my day to die because I felt like I could not live here any longer. So I just thank God for that revelation and how he just changed everything. Amen, amen. You know, you say some powerful things there because when we are going through and, and when the enemy is talking to us and, and we're not able yes. to see things through our spiritual eyes, when we're looking at things through our oh, natural yes. eyes because what we're going through is so overwhelming and it's so overpowering, oh, it can cause us to want, want to die. It can cause us to think yes. that, oh, God, it's it can. better mm-hmm. to die than to it live. Can. And so thank oh, God yeah. for revelation. Thank God for, for his yes. word revealing to us thank the you. things that we need to know to get through, to make it through, to realize yes. that we yes. are more than conquerors, the more that, yes. you know, realize yes, we that, that we are the righteousness of God. So I thank God for revelation. Amen. Okay. I'm, y'all going to get me started on here. Okay. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Yes, God. Yes, God. Thank you, God. I want to bring on I want to bring on Carla. Carla and Michelle. Carla and Michelle. Are you here? Yes, this is Michelle. We're here. This is Carla. I'm here. Carla and Michelle. Okay, awesome. I know that um, I'm looking here and what you two write about is resilience. And I think I can truly relate to this. Um, when I see the word resilience, I see one's ability to recover quickly. And I like that word quickly from whatever it is that they're going through in life. And I want each one of you to share how you show resilience. And I also uh, want you to let the people know why do you feel resilience is so important in a spiritual walk. Okay, this is Carla. Um, I am happy to be here, and um, I think that um, in understanding resilience and the ability, the meaning of resilience, and um, as it speaks to the ability to recover for something quickly, um, I'll be honest with you. Um, I grew up in the church, and um, in it, you know, we went to church every Sunday, and. It wasn't until, and I understand now, when I came to Baltimore to attend Morgan State University, I rededicated my life to Christ, not understanding that in that process he was actually, um, the rededication of my life, he was actually putting me in a position to go through a very traumatic 
um, uh, very traumatic uh, situation in my life. Um, at the time when I was going through it, it seemed like a lifetime, and I did not know how or when I would actually come out through it. But in the process, um, looking back at it now, that process is what uh, got me to a position now where I am able to be resilient, where I'm able to actually come through situations. I've often had individuals tell me, um, you know, why doesn't this bother you or how are you able to kind of get through this so quickly? And my answer is that when you go through the storm and God puts you through situations where you feel like you're not going to come out of those situations, you're able to look at situations and say, you know what, this isn't so bad. I remember when I didn't want to get out to bed. I remember when um, it was hard mm-hmm. for me to uh, get up and do the things for, for my children. I remember those, situ- those times where um, I felt like um, I didn't know where my beginning was going to uh, begin and where my end was going to end. So resilience to me, and the importance of being resilient is, is powerful because when you go through something, it sets up resilience for your future. It helps you to uh, realize that you're able to get through things if you are able to address those things and pray and seek God and um, allow him to use you through the situation. So resilience for me came through a struggle, and I didn't understand resilience until I came through it. Um, and it's important to have it because when you have resilience, um, it just allows you, again, it just allows you to get, to get through those, get through those things that you didn't think that you would be able to get through. Amen. You know, that is so true. And I want to tell you, uh, share this briefly. Uh, I too went through a very traumatic um, experience in 2001 with our son with a very horrific, horrific car accident, leaving him with a severe traumatic brain injury. So I could tell you about resilience. You know, when you're thrown into um, um, circumstances that are unforeseen and you don't have a clue what you're going to do, how you're going to make it out. So I like when you, you said about resilience is important because it helps us develop strategies for protection against those trials, against those tribulations and challenges that we're going to face later on in life. So the more that we go through things that we make it through and we trust God to get us through, guess what we're doing? You said it. We're building up resilience. It's very important. We have to have that. Man. This is Michelle. Hi, Michelle. Hi. Um, yeah, I like resilience, and I want to say, like most of the people on the call, I was raised in a Christian home, and it seems that my life mapped out, and it goes to my education career. I seem to have everything all together. But how many of us know that roadblocks and stumbling blocks just keep popping up? Myself, like one of those pop-up dolls, and I didn't think about this before we started. As one of those pop-up dolls that you hit, and they just popping up. As you hit them down, and they popping back up. And I learned many times after the situations that I had the ability in me to shake myself off and keep going and keep smiling, unbeknownst to many that there was a lot of this smile, but still I kept smiling, and that helped me to get through. 
And as I grew closer to God, I realized it was God who kept picking me back up. Not only did he pick me yeah. up, he gave me the ability to move forward. He gave me the strength to work through my hurt. The real things that matter, the things, as my girlfriend says, make a difference in eternity. So resilience is a powerful, I feel, visual testimony to many who know that you may be going through and they see you next day and say, well, how can you look like this after what you've been through? So the resilience is, is a walking testimony to others to say, well, and then you get a chance to tell them about the goodness of God. And that kind of starts the conversation. But sometimes you don't know who you talk to or what they've gone through. And when you start telling them how your resilience has helped you, then you understand what they have gone through, and they, too, can get something from your testimony. So I didn't think about the resilience in that way, like the pop-up doll, until you all started talking. But I guess that's what God has put in me. Amen. I like that pop-up doll. Like, you know, because that's a good visual. When you knock it down, it comes right back up. And so no matter what hits you in life, or no matter what challenges you're faced with, no matter what tribulations you're faced with, you're able to bounce back, if you will. Now, here's a question for you both. Do you think people are born with resilience, or do you think it's something that's developed? I think we may may all of us have the ability, but you have to develop, I guess, if you will, a a spiritual muscle. Amen. There you go. With that, with that, uh, you know, every time you know you do something, that muscle gets tougher and tougher. That that skin gets tougher and tougher. And resilience is because God says, okay, I'm choosing this situation. You know, the next time you're in a situation, you're a little tougher. Your muscle is a little tougher. And so you have the ability. So I think it's, it's both. It's in you, but you also have to work at it. Yes. I like that. I like you say that. Because I, I, I agree with you. I think it's something that's developed. And I think um, the more you go through things and you get to uh, utilize uh, that strategy, utilize that mechanism that, uh, you know, that, and those things that come out of being resilient, it's like working that muscle. The more you work it, the better it gets, the stronger it gets. So that's a good analogy there. So resilience is something that's developed through the things that we go through in life, through the challenges that we go through in life as well. So thank you both for sharing that. I want to um, talk to Tawanda and Linda. Are you here? Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Okay. Amen. So you two wrote about transformation, transformation. Now, okay, so I'm thinking, I was I was looking at that with you two, and I was like, transformation. Uh, uh, I think I think a lot of the listeners can think, when they think about transformation, that's like a drastic change, drastic, something that's radical and something that's extreme. But it's also a permanent change. It's not something that is temporary. So I want you to share your thoughts on the difference between change and transformation and how you shared your hearts and your testimonies while you were writing as well. So good evening, everyone. This is Tawanda Holmes. First, I want to thank our gracious hostess for having us. Um, I just want to acknowledge really quickly my husband, my children, my family, my friends, my Maryland Covenant Minister Wives, Sisters, and my Bible Way family. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for allowing me to do that. (laughs) 
Thank you. So I like some of my uh, my gracious co-authors. Um, I didn't grow up in church, so I accepted salvation at a young age at um, the Neighborhood Good News Club. Um, growing up in Lafayette Projects in East Baltimore in poverty had its challenges. And I witnessed a lot, and I made some some very poor decisions. And statistics says that I should have been an addict. I should have been in prison. I should have been in jail. But it was only mm. through his grace and mercy that I'm still here. And even when oh, I man. didn't know him, <laughs> he had his hand on me. And it was oh, yeah. in one of my darkest places is when I found him. Because I was mm-hmm. just <laughs> mm-hmm. and my yes. that my story encourages other sisters. And just remind them that God has no respect of person, which means he doesn't show any favoritism. He transformed me. He could transform anybody who accepts him as his And lastly, let me say this. In the vein of the hashtag Me Too movement and also the Supreme Court nominee effort, if you have never experienced sexual abuse or have been violated, you don't know how long it takes to tell your story. And that's part of my story. God bless you. Amen. Hey, everybody. Amen. You want to go, Twyla? Yes, come on, Linda. Yes. Hey, everybody. Um, this is Linda, and I'm going to talk to you in reference to transformation. But I first want to talk about the reason I wrote and who I wrote to. I wrote so that I could help somebody to understand that where they are is not where they have to stay. Amen. I also wrote to a particular set or sect of people, but it can also cross-pollinate. The last, the least, the lost, and the left out. And those that don't feel like they can come out of their situation, as far as transformation is concerned, in my life, you know, I grew up in D.C. as a young girl, and I I grew up with uh, issues, my own personal issues, that gave me an identity crisis for myself early on. Now, I don't want to talk too much about what I write because I want to talk about the book, but um, Amen. God, God has a way that when you think you can't make it, when you have counted, it, counted up the cost and you have said that it's over for me, there's nothing left, God has a way to transform, and he has to transform my mind. I have to be ye transformed by the renewing of my mind. I had to think differently about my situation, and I couldn't do that without God. And although there were some circumstances that I had to go through, God took those very same circumstances that the enemy plotted to take me out of here. He took those same circumstances and reversed them. So don't give up too soon. God has his hand on you, and he has a plan for your life. Mm -hmm. So I just encourage everybody that's going through anything 
anything. Don't give up before the miracle happens. Don't give up. And Amen. God is able to transform our lives. He, he transforms our lives, and he uses the, the, the good and the bad. He uses it to transform our lives and permanently do it. Because one thing about my story is, once you read it and you saw me, if I didn't tell you, you wouldn't see no evidence of it. So God is a transformation Amen. God. Yes, he, can Amen. he can do all things you said, with anybody. Amen. I want yes. to make that clear. With anybody, especially those who have felt like they've been looked over all their lives, they have not been uh, uh, acknowledged, those persons that have just felt lost and left out. I definitely want to encourage them tonight if they're listening. Don't give up too soon. God got a plan. God Amen. got a plan. Then you said something that, that made me want to shout there. You said if, if, if we saw you, you wouldn't look like what you've been through. Oh, and not, we wouldn't not, know. Not like, but yeah. that's true no, right no, there. No, that not, transformation. Hey, man. Yeah, I don't know. That, that's a testimony through. in itself. Yeah, that's a testimony know. in itself that transformation is permanent. It's permanent. It's permanent. Yes, sir. It's permanent. Amen. And there's no, there's no trace of it. So I definitely want to encourage everybody. I've enjoyed the co-authors and the uh, visionary stories, just their input. Amen. It encourages me that, you know, this book right here is going to help a lot of people. So I just yes. encourage everybody to come out, come out and buy the book. Amen, amen. Uh, like I want to, I want to um, add something here to the transformation piece. There, when we talk about being changed and being transformed, <clears throat> I, I, because I want this to really stick. When we're talking about permanent or temporary, and, and Linda, you hit the nail right on the head by saying that. If people saw you, you would never know. Because, see, when you just change, when people say, oh, I changed, when you, when you talk about change, change uses external influences to modify uh-huh. your actions. But, but uh-huh. when a transformation takes place, a transformation. See, a transformation modifies your belief so that actions yes, become God. neutral. And when those yes. actions become mm-hmm. neutral, then that allows your desired results to be achieved. So you 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 hit my you hit the nail on the head, Linda, by saying that if people were to look at you, they would never know. That's evidence of true transformation. Evidence. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Amen. Ever, evidence. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. And I and, and I'm just a witness. I'm just a witness that want to tell everybody. That he can do it. If he did it for me, he don't have no respect of persons. He'll do it for them too. He'll do it for them. Amen. 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 I want to uh, bring Laverne uh, back in. I want to talk to her a little bit about the book cover, the book cover, and the title of the book. Uh, Laverne, are you mm-hmm. here? Yes, okay. I am. Okay, um, I want you to share with the, the listeners a little bit about the title and the vision for the cover. Oh, uh, sure. Uh, the title of the book, Born Again Daughters of Zion, it comes from the scripture, Jeremiah thirty seventeen, And in the NIV version, it reads, but I will restore you to health. 
Uh-huh. And heal yes. your wounds. Uh-huh. Declares the Lord. Yes. Because you are called an outcast. Yes. Zion for whom no one cares. Now, a lot Amen. of times, because of where you've been, what you've done. Wait, uh, Laverne, Laverne, hold on. Laverne, Laverne, hold on yes. one second. I want to ask the other uh, authors to please mute your phones really quickly right now while Laverne is speaking because I really want the listeners uh, to be able to hear her clearly. So uh, if you would, please mute your phones and um, Laverne, give them a few seconds to mute their phones, and then I want you to go back and, and answer that question, please. Sure. Okay, so. With the other artists, please the, um, make sure you mute your phone. Yes. Sure. I was saying that the title of the book, Born Again, Daughters of Zion, came out of the scripture in Jeremiah chapter 30, verse 17. I'm going to read it from the NIV version. It says, I will restore you to health and heal your wounds, declares the Lord, because you are called an outcast, Zion, for whom no one cares. And if you think about the children of Israel, they were not always well, and they had been in bondage. And there's still division in Israel, where Zion is uh, historically uh, old. There's still division mm. there. No one likes them because of this or because of that or because they're associated with Jesus or because you've been a a mixed breed. There was something there that someone else felt was a deficiency, and Mm -hmm. they didn't them there. Many times, because of our past, whether it's been you were uh, in an abusive relationship or uh, you had a, a difficult marriage, you may have been a child that was brought up in a home, physically abused, you may have um, engaged in a same-sex relationship, or you may have been on drugs, had mental illness, and it was untreated, and you behaved a certain way, or it could have been a relative of yours that murdered someone, and you were known for this, and you were known for that. Those things cause and people don't always want to uh, associate with you because you're wounded. Because sometimes your wounds don't heal as fast as others. And it takes a lot of care and treatment, and you have to have the right treatment put on those wounds to cause the healing. Mm-hmm. No one should feel embarrassed or ashamed in the body of Christ because of who they were. And unfortunately, in some uh, churches, you're ostracized because of who you were. No one can see past the wounds, and you can't get acceptance anywhere. But when the Lord puts the salve on you yes. and cleans you up, sometimes wounds um, have to be uh, isolated. Because of your wounds, you have to be isolated. So sometimes God will remove you from those situations so that he can nurture you and work on you and 
take some things out of you and put some things back in you and strengthen you up and build you up and make you over again and transform you so that you're no longer ashamed and you can say that you aren't ashamed. You have been restored. You are delivered. You are healed. You are a born-again daughter of Zion. And the cover shows the picture of a butterfly because butterflies go through a transformation process. When you look at a butterfly, you see it's beautiful, it's colorful, it's light, it's just flowing, it's flying and gravitating to whatever flower it chooses, and it just enjoys the nectar it's there. But when you see that butterfly, you would have never thought in your life that that butterfly started off as an ugly, hairy worm, Mm -hmm. low to the ground, where somebody could crush it. Low to the ground, and that's all it could see was what was there. And it had to fight for survival and hide from predators and fight to get to what it needed. And nobody wanted it because of the way it looked. Well, it didn't move fast enough, so it couldn't keep up with everyone else. And then God picks that caterpillar and knows when it's time to put it in a, a cocoon and isolate it and begin to yes. work on it and break it down <laughs> until it's nothing but a jelly substance. And then from that jelly yes. substance, it's in a chrysalis. And then when he allows it to break out, it's this beautiful butterfly that no one ever knew had been broken. No one ever knew it had been crushed. No one ever knew who had been raped. No one ever knew it had been stolen from. No one ever knew it had been beat. No one ever knew it had, had to deal with grief. No one ever had to knew that it battled prostitution, drug addiction, whatever. Mm. God said, I will heal your, heal, heal your wounds. The yes. word of God said, declares the Lord. And I mean, if God declared it, it doesn't make a difference what anybody else thinks. I'm whole. Amen. I'm renewed. And so in these stories, our revelation is our revealing of what has happened to us over time for God to put us in the place that we are now. And we're able to bless others. Amen. Man, I tell you, I, I love that Jeremiah 30 and 17 is a very powerful, powerful scripture in itself. And uh, I, I just want to go back and reiterate on that. You said, but I will restore you to health and heal your womb, declares the Lord. Yes. Like you said, when God declares says it, that's it. It's settled. It's settled. And so I want to ask our listeners, because they're talking about uh, the prophet here is talking about the leprosy, and 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 what is your leprosy today? And today it may not be the the physical skin condition, it may not be the physical condition of of the of the leper from the Bible, but in today's time, I want our listeners to really do a self assessment and and look at and and reevaluate and say, what is my leprosy today? And it says, because you are called an outcast, Zion from whom no one cares. Outcast is, is a person that's been rejected by society, one that isn't wanted or one that's avoided by others. And so it, when you talk about an outcast in the, in the scripture, the leprosy suffers is symbolic to the ultimate outcast. It's infected by a condition that that the, that the man did not seek. He's rejected by those that he did know, avoided by people that he doesn't know, and condemned to a future that he cannot bear. What is your leprosy today? Like you said, it, 
all the, all the things that you just talked about, Laverne, can be considered today's leprosy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But what we have to do is we have to do the things that Jesus did. And the Matthew 8, 1 through 4 gives us the answer to that. And so I like how you use the butterfly, how it goes through a transformational phase, phase how it starts off as this lowly caterpillar that's just barely crawling, inching its way on the ground to this beautiful butterfly and how God will quarantine you and keep you close and keep you covered and keep you safe. Yes, and he's will. molding you and shaping you into that beautiful thing that he's calling you to be. So that is a beautiful explanation as to the vision that God gave you. Um, I want to ask, um, I, I have a question for for your authors. Uh, I'll, I'll call them by name and they can come in. And after we ask this question, I want to open up the lines to the callers, callers, if you are there and you would like to call in and talk to authors, do so. The number to dial in is 657-383-0898. Again, the number to call in is 657-383-0898. And if you have a comment or a question when you dial in, just press the number 1, and it will allow us to see that you have a question, and we will bring you on live to Ask your question or make your comment. I want to um to I want to ask Pastor Jackie if she could tell her her younger writing self. I know this is the first project for for most of the co-authors, but knowing what you know now, if you could look back, Pastor Jackie, what would you tell your younger self? What advice would you give your younger self? Hello, this is Pastor. Hello, um, yes, yes. So, what advice would I give my younger self? Um, I would yes. one, I would say to journal, to start to journal, to write, um, because there's a lot of things that we go through as not only Christians but as women of God that uh, when it's time to go back and relive or retell the story. Um, a lot of times it takes us back to that place where we were bruised or hurt or pain or the pain that was mm-hmm. inflicted. So I would tell them to, to, to start journaling and write everything down because I think that in each one of us, there's a testimony that we have that somebody else needs one day somewhere to live by. And if we don't get it out there, if we don't tell the world, I mean, I never thought that, that I would tell my story. I never thought that I would because every time I used to even talk about it, I would get worked up or I would get emotional. But I, but I thank God because I learned to journal and write it down. And the more I did that, the more God began to heal me writing the papers of me, of me writing and thinking about it. So what I would tell my younger self is to, to journal and to trust God because in everything, if we just trust the Lord, He is going to bring us out of every situation that we go through, every state that we find ourselves in. The Lord will bring us out of that. So that's what I would tell my younger self. And to hold on because change is going to come. I mean, it might not come when I want it, but it's right on time. 
you know, and God, and, you know, because God is a one-time God. You know, I might want him today, but, you know, I even said last week, you know, I wanted him to do it in 2006, but he decided that he would do it in 2018. So I'm grateful that he did it. You know, it's not when I want him to do it, but it's when it's his time, because sometimes we have to go through the test and the trial, because when we come out, that we know that we can't give nobody credit and nobody glory but God because we know that he is the only one that can bring us out of some of the things or everything that we've really been through. So I would tell him to journal, to write, get a book, write it down every day, whatever Amen. it might be, write. Amen. Thank you for your answer. Um, Evernice, are you online, Evernice? Yes, I am. Okay, Avernice, could you briefly tell one of the most difficult challenges that you faced in in this project? Writing down. The most difficult challenge was writing down my experience to actually relive it enough to write it in detail so I can draw from it to help someone else because even though I went through it, seeing it in writing yeah. was bringing it, that revelation, you know, it was a word, it was just me seeing it, reliving it, and it was just smacking me in the face. Yeah. So writing it, mm. actually writing it down and talking to nobody but myself, that was mm-hmm. the biggest challenge. Mm-hmm. Wow. Amen. Thank you for sharing. Carla, are you on the line, Carla? Yes, I'm on the line. I would like for you to answer that question as well. What is one of the most difficult challenges that you face? I would actually have to agree with um, Avernice. Uh, the most difficult part of um, writing my chapter was reliving the chapter. Um, the experience that I speak about in, the, in my chapter actually occurred um, almost 17 years ago, and um, a lot of times you don't realize um, the beauty in what you went through um, until you have to literally go step by step and mm-hmm. relive it. Um, so the most difficult part for me was actually going step by step, um, remembering mm-hmm. the intricate de- details. Yes. Um, and honestly, in the end, it made me realize um that, wow, uh, I can't believe you got through this. Wow, I can't uh-huh. believe that you're in this place right now. And just grateful um, to be in a place where I'm able to not only walk through it, um, heal through it, but also share the story. So um, the difficult part, again, was just reliving step by step. But the beauty in it was knowing that I got through it and uh-huh. the lives that are going to be healed and saved through, through them reading that chapter. Amen. Michelle, what about you? Can you, would you please share what was your uh, most difficult moment? For this is Michelle. One of my most difficult moments was this point statement to put down and to stay with word limits because I tend to be rather wordy. What I had to do, and it's a process, you make an outline, as most writers know, and you put in your points, and then you write your story. Then what would happen after I wrote the initial story that all the requirements, 
I just started coming in. And I guess like the interview said, I was actually reliving those events. Ideas would come in, and I would have to incorporate them in what I already written. And to take out the stuff that really wasn't relevant to get my point across and to make it fit into my story. So my, my, my challenge was getting all my points in. in my but I, it was it was a it was cathartic Wow. I think I think it's safe to say a lot of times um, writing when you've gone through a, a tragedy and and being able to tell your testimony that is probably one of the most difficult things is reliving. I want to hear briefly yes. from Tawanda and Linda as well if you two would briefly share your your challenging moment as well. Um, for me, this is Linda. Uh, I, I constantly have always told my story. I've had opportunities to share it verbally. So I think writing it kind of challenged me to put it in some form that was concise to uh, a dialogue of everything that that happened and everything that occurred. But I've always told bits and pieces of it here and there, where it was needed, wherever I needed to use it. But when I was able to actually see it, you know, in writing, I think it brought some more clarity to the things that God had done for me and it actually made me more um, appreciative um, of my relationship with Christ. So, yeah, that probably was the most challenging for me um, once I was able to get it down and actually see it, because that's the first time I've ever seen it in writing. Wow. You know? Wow. That's the first time I've ever seen it like that. So it was um, a little overwhelming, and um, meeting the deadlines was a challenge, but I got it done. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, man. Linda, what about for you? That was Linda. I'm sorry, Tawanda. That's okay. So so this is Tawanda. So I will have to say I have to agree with all of the, the co-authors. Uh, the co-authors. Um, one of the things that when I was much younger, there was one incident in the chapter that I talk about, incident that happened to me when I was a five, six years old. And it was very raw, and it and I, and actually, I don't think I've thought about some of those details for over thirty years. So being able to relive that that was really um, difficult. Um, but it also remind me that even in that dark place that God was with me, um, and that that, that I'm a survivor. Um, the other thing was as I got older. Um, some of the things that I wrote about in the chapter as I got older and there were some things that happened that based on poor decision-making on my behalf was also difficult to write, um, difficult to come to terms where to take responsibility and accountability. And it was a gentle reminder that God is perfect. And when we follow his will, that life is pretty much easier. But when we don't, Although he loves us, he chastised us because he loves us. So that was also um, a difficult moment to, to take accountability for some of the things that has happened when I was older. Amen. And I just want to thank um, Elder Laverne Pearlie again 
for giving us this wonderful opportunity to share our story. Yes. Amen. Amen. Okay. Thank you all for answering. I need you guys to please go on and mute your phones again. And, Laverne, I want you to share any upcoming events um, that you all have coming up as well. And I want to remind our listeners that our lines are open. If you are there and you're listening and you want to connect or have a comment or question for any of, of the guests, I want you to please call in at 657-383-0898 and press the number 1-657-383-0898. And if any of our listeners that are already on, if you have a question, uh, please just press the number 1. Uh, LeVar, before you answer, we do have a question, so I'm going to bring the caller on now. Hello, thank you for calling. You're live on the air. Hello? Caller, you're on the air. We have a question for the authors or a comment. Is there a question for the authors or a comment? Laverne. Yes. Okay, we can go ahead and move forward. Would you please share um, any upcoming events that, that you all have coming up? Sure. We have uh, another interview that will take place on uh, October the 11th, and mm-hmm. that interview is going to be at 8 p.m. at the Facebook Live interviews, and it's uh, with the Fuel for the Journey uh, with uh, Minister DeBreda Staley. And um, that information will be, you can find that information on each of our Facebook pages. We'll be posting it very soon. But each of us have a Facebook page, and if you look us up under our name, uh, you'll see it listed as an event. And it will also be, uh, the link will be available um, for how you can sign on. Um, another interview uh, we'll be doing uh October the 25th at 8 p.m. And um, it's with um, Fuel for the Journey, Minister DeBreda Staley. And so we'll be divided up into two groups. So there'll be four of us on one call, four of us on another. There's another author, um, Paula Grange uh, from North yes. Carolina, who's going to share with us her uh, her process. She wasn't able to join us tonight. And uh we're preparing these interviews are to prepare for our book release that we are so excited about. Yes, yay! <laughs> we will be launching Born Again Daughters of Zion on November 10th, 2018. Um, our book launch is going to be at the Double Tree Hilton BWI, right near the BWI airport. And that's at 890 Elkridge Landing Road. And it's in Linthicum Heights, Maryland, 21090. If you follow our Facebook pages, our Instagram pages, we're going to have uh, information of how you can pre-order the book or you can actually come on the day and join us um, in person. Uh, you uh, can pre-order and we will have your books out to you 
probably um, on the, if you're pre-ordering, you'll get your book um, shortly around the time of the launch date or maybe a week after. But if you're coming in person, we'd love to uh, have you there. We'd love to come to your state, wherever you live, and do a book signing with you um, as a group or individually, whoever you may need. You may reach out to us by way of our social media pages and request for us to come, and we will come. We are excited about what the Lord is doing in this season and uh, how he's going to use us to to restore Zion. Amen. And I want to remind everyone that everyone's bio will be listed on, on the Conqueror's Cafe uh, website as well, the, along with the, the flyer that we use to promote the, the, the evening segment. So everyone's bio and the picture of the flyer will be posted. So those who would like to connect with the authors individually, you will have their information to be able to connect with them, to reach out to them and purchase um, books from them personally also. Um, Laverne, I want to direct our last question of the evening to you as the author and the visionary of such an amazing, an amazing uh, masterpiece, Born Again Daughters of Zion. I want you to tell the listeners what does the word conqueror mean to you? Sure. The word conqueror to me, means that that's someone who is confident and they are sure that there's nothing that they cannot overcome. There's no adversity. There's no challenge. There's no sickness. There's no thought. There's no ill-spoken words. There's no deception. There's no torment. There's nothing that they cannot overcome because within them they are carrying something special. And that's the power of God through the Holy Spirit who gives them the strength and the ability to move above and beyond what we could even think or ask through the power that he places in us to get through these challenges in life. We are victorious all the time, and we are winners, and we will fight. We will fight with the power of God so that we will win. And when I say that, I don't say that um, uh, in a negative aspect when I say we will fight because, as you can hear, some of us said we grew up in um, situations where we had to fight. So we know how to defend ourselves in the Lord so that those things from our past cannot um, attack us and harm us and diminish us and overtake us because we know we are a unified group of women, and we are strong in the power of unity, and we are strong in the power of God, and we believe, being confident of this, that he that has begun a good work in you will carry it until completion, until the day of Jesus Christ. We believe that wholeheartedly. Amen, amen, a conqueror, more than conqueror. And I tell you, um, we had a caller. I don't know what happened to the caller. Uh, one last and final call. If there uh, someone, if there's someone there that's out there that want to call in and talk to the authors, and if you have a question, if you have a comment, please do so at this time. The number to dial in is six five seven three eight three zero eight nine eight six five seven three eight three zero eight nine eight. 
And I just want to say thank you so much, Laverne, and, and to each each of the co-authors as well. I want to say thank you so much. This has been an amazing show. Uh, just what an amazing testament of hope and healing from each and every one of you. And I want to just thank each of you from the bottom of my heart for sharing your hearts, sharing your journeys with our listeners on this evening. I want to personally encourage each of you to keep pressing forward as you make an impact in the kingdom. Keep teaching and keep inspiring those that you come in contact with. And I want to ask, is there any final comment from any of the authors before uh, we get ready to close out for this evening? Um, Yes, this is Linda. I just wanted to thank you for allowing us to have the opportunity again to come and to share um, the our stories and to be a part of the the show tonight. We really appreciate it, and I thank you so very much. Oh, thank you. Amen. 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 Well, again, thank you guys so much for being with us on this evening. This is our show for this evening here on the Conference Cafe. I pray that our show tonight has blessed your socks off. We invite you to join us again next Sunday night, same time, 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time with special guest, educator, writer, and artist, LaVon Weaver. She's the founder of Live Vibrantly by LV. And as we close, I want you all to remember, we all know that life can sometimes present a series of events that can lead us down certain paths in life that can lead to discouragement frustrations, and even sometimes destruction, we must remember that it's our relationship with God that sustains us when we reach our limit and want to quit in our journey. We can do two things, two things. We can stand firm, dig deep, and keep persevering, or we can turn back to those familiar things that weren't good for us in the first place. Remember, the choice you make as the power to alter the course of your destiny for the rest of your life. Thank you all for listening, and remember to keep making the impossible possible by spreading your own broken wings and soaring by the power of God as you transform your tragedy into empowering moments. Until next time, I am your host, Arthur Twyla Reed, your tragedy strategy mentor. For speaking engagements or consultation, please email me at info at twilareed.com or contact us, contact us at 912-335-3799. For speaking engagements, or you can also reach me at 912-335-3799 or 706-831-1726. And if you have a testimony of hope and healing that you'd like to share with the world, let's connect. Again, you can reach me at info at twilareed.com. Take care, and God bless you all. Have a good night. We're taking it back just a little bit, y'all. Come on, everybody sing it. I've got it.
Let's lift that up together as one. There's no way I- 